Hey everyone, Josh Case here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy today's message. I want you to grab your Bibles. It's preaching time in the house of God. It's word time in the house of the Lord this morning. Are you ready for some word this morning? I want you to grab your Bibles and open them to the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus. There is my assignment this morning. And I want to remind you once again that I am not Apostle Jim Rayleigh. Uh, I am uh, Pastor Josh Carter. I'm the senior associate pastor right here at Calvary Christian Center. <laughs> and, uh, I always consider it such an honor to step behind this sacred desk to fill in for our apostle. I want to communicate the brevity of where he is today and why he's there. Uh, there is a family there that needs him. Uh, the pastor's family is very entrenched in the ministry there as pastors, and they lead in different areas, and they're having to do church today uh, knowing where their father is in the hospital. And I told apostle not to worry. Calvary's got this. <laughs> We're going to contend and we're going to believe. Watch this. And we're going to support him and Pastor Dawn as they continue to move in this apostolic call. Somebody say amen. 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 Exodus chapter 16. I'm going to be reading out of the King James Version today because there's something I need. God and I have been having a conversation about you this week. About what he's doing and what he's about to do. And somehow in my spirit, I sense that we have only just begun to see all that God has prepared for us. I sense deep down that there is a community of people who know that there is something beyond where we are. I want to preach down into that this morning. Exodus chapter 16, starting with verse 15. And this is what the word of the Lord says, King James. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, It is manna. For they wist not what it was. And Moses said to them, This is the bread or the thing which the Lord has given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Gather of it now every man according to his eating. And Omer for every man according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which is in his tents. And the children of Israel did so. And they gathered some more and some less. And when they did meet it with an Omer, he that gathered much had nothing over. And he that gathered little had no lack. And they gathered, there it is again, every man according to his eating. And Moses said, let no man leave of it till the morning. Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto Moses, but some of them left of it till the morning. And it bred worms and stank, and Moses was wroth with them. And they gathered, there it is, every morning, every man, according to his eating. And when the sun waxed hot, it melted. We are standing on the precipice of a new season and a more season. And God is about to release something into your life you have been waiting on Him to release. But as I stand here, God is asking His people for one thing. He is asking them for 
an appetite for more. If you're ready to hear what God has to say, slip up your hands. I'm going to pray and preach. Father, I sense you in this room. I know you're here. You have been brooding over every moment from the first lyric to the final amen. Now I pray, open our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. And for that, we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Somebody who believes it, say amen. You can be seated, and as you're seated, look at somebody say, get hungry for more. Get hungry for more. Get hungry for more. Get hungry for more. The text that I bring before you this morning for all the Bible people in the room is a text located in the book of Exodus. Exodus is the second book of the Bible, only behind the first book, Genesis. Exodus is a profound book and a prolific book to the life of the believer. For most who would preach it and teach it would summarize the book of Exodus as a book of, watch, both bondage and liberation. Most would summarize it that in the first parts of the book we see bondage. But the bondage doesn't last forever. That there is a space in which God intervenes for his children. And liberates them into the place they have been called to be. And while most preachers would preach about either the bondage or the freedom aspect of Exodus. I wanted to take a second and ask the important question that nobody seems to ask of how and why they got in bondage in the first place. Many of us will tell God we are bound and we will ask God to be free. But rarely do we try to get down to the reason we got bound in the first place. The Bible is very clear that the children of Israel had a good relationship with Joseph and Pharaoh. Things weren't always bad. At times they were good. But the Bible is very clear in Exodus chapter 1 that all of a sudden there rose up a Pharaoh who did not know Joseph or his family. And this Pharaoh did not have good intention. It had bad intentions. And let me remind some people in the room, the enemy is not for you. I know that some of us would love to dabble and we would love to compromise. And I know that the enemy comes as an angel of light. But let me remind you that at the end of the day, he may make it good, sound good, or even feel good. But his end for your life is destruction and death. I came to remind you, you don't have time for compromise. And you don't have time to dilly-dally and play with the things of the enemy. Because at the end of the day, if you keep playing, you will end up dead. So what is the purpose? Why or how did the children of Israel get into bondage? Exodus 1 says this. Throw it up, guys. Throw it up. I want to teach for just a moment. It says, now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. Keep going. Yeah. And he said to, the, to his people, look, the people of the children of Israel are more. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. And they are mightier than we. Let me stop right there. Because if you want to know what the attack is really about, it's because the enemy has some inside information about who you really are. And he is banking on the fact that you will never figure out your true. Come on, y'all talk to me. He will never, that you will never figure out your true identity. Well, what is your true design and your true identity is that you are more 
and you are mightier than what you know. I know what you've been through, and I know what happened in your family. Can I preach this for just a moment? I know what your daddy did to you, and your mama did to you, but at the end of the day, you might have come through your mama and daddy, but you didn't come from your mama and daddy. You are more than what you know. Oh, why don't you just put your hand on your chest for a moment and say, I'm more than what I know. I am not the drug addict they said I was. I am not the person they said I would be. I am not my tragedy. I am not my trauma. I am more than what I see in my present circumstance. I am more. Can I go deeper? He said, not only are they more, they are mightier. Let me tell you what the devil wants you to never figure out. That the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive. I feel like running. Is alive in you. What he doesn't want you to know is not only are you more than what you know, but you are mightier than what you know. That there is an authority in your life. And this ain't going to happen by might or by power. But because of the spirit of the living God that lives on the inside of you. If you know you've got some power, if you know you've got some authority, I dare you to give God some praise just to thank Him that you are mightier. The enemy doesn't want you to know it, but he's scared when you walk in the rooms. The enemy doesn't want you to know it, but he don't want you to lay hands on sick folk. Why? Because he knows if there is ever a people who know who they are and what they have, we will absolutely take over the kingdom of darkness, push it back, and establish the kingdom of God. And I just want to put this in the atmosphere. We are more and we are mightier than we know. If you believe it, give God some praise. When the enemy saw that they were more and that they were mightier, he went into a propaganda fest, trying to do everything possible for them to never realize who God had designed them to be. If you want to know what the enemy is working hard on, he is working hard to challenge you about who you really are. He, oh, I wish I had somebody to talk back. He will get in your ear while you're driving to work and whisper some lies. He will get there when something goes wrong and tell you God ain't who he said he was. He works in disinformation. Why? To suppress the truth of who you are and why you are and what you possess in God. The text said in Exodus 1 that he established taskmasters over top of them to burden them. Part of the bondage is the burden. Don't miss what I just told you. I said part of the bondage is not just the thing, it's the burden the thing walks in with. And he knew if he could suppress and he could burden that it wouldn't belong before what was mighty and what was more walked around in chains. That was until, can I preach this, y'all? 
That was until somebody got it down in their spirit that where they are is not where they are called to be. That's when somebody in Egypt amongst the children of Israel said, I don't know about you and I don't care about you and you may not think we're ever getting out, but as for me and my house, I believe that there is something greater than what I am standing in today. And the Lord sent this preacher here to prophesy to you and ask you, do you believe there is something more than where you are standing right now? Do you believe that God is not done and God is not finished? Because I came to prophesy to somebody and say that if you're not dead, God is not done. I'm surprised some of you are still sitting after what I just said because the Bible's clear and clear that somebody got desperate. And here's what I know about desperate people. Desperation knows no decency. I can always know when I'm in a desperate room because people don't care what their makeup looks like. They don't care what they sound like when they sing. They don't care if they're judged, if they dance. They don't care if they get laughed at because they shout. All they know is I'm not going to stay right here another moment in my life and I'm going to turn on my desperation to show God I'm ready to leave is there any desperate people in the room this morning desperate for more desperate to see mighty I dare you to take 10 seconds and let God know God I'm ready to move I'm ready to move I'm ready to move move into my purpose move into my destiny I'm ready to move yeah, I'm ready to move. I'm ready to move. I don't care if you like it or not. I don't care if you judge me or talk about me. I don't care if you put, I am not staying here another day. I am desperate and I am ready to move. God answers desperation 100% of the time. Is it possible you are not getting what God said because you are not desperate enough? There are some things you will only see when you are desperate enough to believe in the face of a circumstance that says it will not happen. You have to become desperate. And somebody got desperate in Egypt and said, God, there has to be more than where I am today. And when God saw the desperation, he sent a deliverer. Because God's answer to desperation is not freedom, it's deliverance. Well, Pastor Josh, what's the difference? Because I want to be free. Well, before you get free, you ought to get delivered. Well, what's the difference between freedom and deliverance? Freedom is getting you out of it, but deliverance is getting it out of you. And how many know that if you get out of it, but God doesn't get it out of you, you're going to bring the same mess into the next situation. But I declare in this room that there aren't just free people. There are some delivered people who are not the same person that they were yesterday or the day before. If I got any people who God has delivered, give God some praise and let's celebrate God's deliverance. Delivered. I'm delivered. I'm not just free. I'm delivered. I'm delivered. Well, what's the difference? Uh, when I'm free, I can still be there. But if I'm delivered, I am no longer there because I have been picked up and I have been moved to a place free in God. 
I am delivered. Take that devil. 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 I am delivered. People need to know your freedom, but they need to see your deliverance. And he brought them out and he delivered them. God's response of deliverance is not just for freedom. God delivers people because there's more. Most people in theology would tell you that when God delivers a man or delivers a woman, it is for freedom. But real deliverance goes past freedom. Deliverance comes as an intervention that says there is more. In other words, if God has ever delivered you, it was a prophecy. Is this too deep for a Sunday morning? Your deliverance is a prophecy. It's God's way of saying that if you get out of this, what you've been waiting for is on the other side. So if God has ever delivered you, you ought to shout, you ought to dance, you ought to run, you ought to give God glory. Why? Because that means that you are closer than you have ever been to what God has prepared. Now one more time, if you know that you're closer than you've ever been, give God some praise like you have lost your mind. I'm shouting because I know it's on the way. I'm praising because I know I'm close. God has something prepared for me. And God intervened, swung open the door, and he delivered them because there was more. And there they came, and they walked. Can I keep talking? And they kept walking, and they got to a Red Sea. And when they turned around, they realized that Pharaoh was following them. Because what is it about the enemy that he doesn't care much as long as you're working for him? But when you make up your mind to go for God and go for purpose and go for destiny and get radical and go all in the enemy will make up his mind he ain't gonna let you get too far but the good news of the text is is that just before the enemy could bear down God said you walk through this Red Sea and I'm gonna handle Pharaoh for you well, what did that look like, Pastor Josh? Uh, the Bible says that as they went through, they got through. And as they got through, they turned around and they saw God deal with Pharaoh. Well, what did he do to Pharaoh? He drowned that joker and his imps. Uh, and the Bible says that he told them, this Pharaoh you see today, you will never see again in your life. I feel like preaching. And I feel like telling somebody, this devil you see today, you will never see another day in your life. Jesus is about to set you free. Somebody give him praise. No, I mean that free praise. I mean that it's done for him. I mean, I mean that praise that says I won't ever see it, feel it, or talk to it again. It is finished. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He drowned Pharaoh 
right in front of their eyes and told them, I told you I got your back. And they came out, and for most of us, it would have been a praise break. I can't do it. Come on, I ain't all white, but I'm a little white. And that's the little part of white that I have is right there in my feet. It's in my feet only, y'all. Come on. You would have thought that coming out of that kind of deliverance, they would have gotten to the other side and praise God. But this was not a praise break. This was a panic attack. Because I know everybody in Sunday school taught you about Pharaoh the villain. But to the children of Israel, he wasn't just a villain. Because they didn't eat without Pharaoh. And have a house without Pharaoh. Or a place to lay their head without Pharaoh. To the children of Israel, he might have been hard, but he was their provider. And some of us can't get free and stay free because we don't know how to live life without Pharaoh. We will come to every altar call. Get prayed for, get slain, get up free. And it's only three months later before we are back in what we left because we don't have a context for life without Pharaoh. But what have I told you in this room today? There is an important principle that God was putting in place outside of their deliverance. He was trying to tell them that whatever I remove, I will replace. That's a word for somebody. I don't know who I'm preaching to this Sunday morning up under this anointing, up under this oil, but I came to tell somebody, if God took it away, let it walk. If God took it away, don't go chasing after it because you don't need it another day. If God ever takes it from your life, get ready, baby. Stop crying. Turn yourself and say something bigger and something greater and something stronger is on the way. I'm not sad another day, depressed another day. Ah, here comes my breakthrough. Yeah. yeah, the problem is he didn't replace it. See, all y'all just shouted. And you should have. But what do you do when God doesn't replace what he removes? What if your husband leaves and God doesn't give you another husband? What do you do? What do you do if your daddy left and God never gives you another daddy? What do you do when something didn't go how you thought it would go? And it doesn't seem like God gave you what you needed to survive the next season. There is a deeper principle. Because God will replace what he removes. But if he does not replace what he removes, it is only because he wants to become the thing he removed. Y'all miss what I just said. 
I said, if God doesn't replace it, it's because God wants to become it. If God doesn't give it back to you, that's God's way of saying, I'm going to be it. So if I take your provider and I don't give you another one, it's my way of saying, I'll be your provider. If I take your daddy and don't give you another one, it's my way of saying, I want to be your daddy in this season. If I take your husband and I don't give you another one, it's my way of saying, I'm going to be the husband and the lover of your soul like you ain't never experienced before. So God, if you didn't give it back, thank you because you're about to become what I need. Oh, somebody ought to give God some praise because you're getting the best you could get in the season you're in because God is in control. And God ought to feel some burning in this thing this morning. And God looked at them and said, I took your provider. I didn't replace your provider. I will be your provider in this season. So here's the rule. You walk and I'll feed. Your only assignment in this season is that you are called to walk it out. Let me give you a Bible. You are called to walk by faith. And God says, I promise that if you walk by faith every time you need something. Oh, come on, y'all. Maybe it's just me who needs this this morning. Every time you need something, I'm going to make sure it's at your doorstep every single morning. I am going to provide what you need when you need it. And so the children of Israel have been delivered. They have stepped into a new season. Does anybody feel like you're in a new season? And when they stepped in, they opened up their door to first day, new season. And there was manna. Now before you get caught up in manna, please know manna's not a brand. You can't go to Publix and get it. If you could, I would have. The word manna in the Hebrew means, what is it? <laughs> Meaning that on the first day in a new season, God said, I'm not going to use old stuff to bless you in a new day. Oh, you, 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 to hear me by the Holy Ghost. I'm going to use stuff you never thought and have never seen to bless you in new seasons. And you're going to have to have more than fire. You're going to have to have some discernment to make sure you see what I've sent. Some of us are not winning in new seasons because we're not passionate. We're not winning because we don't have enough discernment. To realize that this don't look like anything I've been blessed with. Come on, y'all. It don't look like anything I've seen before. But nevertheless, the Bible says Moses had to intervene and tell them, before you step over this blessing another day, this is the thing. God is about to bless you with stuff you have never seen. God 
is about to bless you in ways you don't have a reference point for. Come on, somebody. I know who I'm preaching to. God is about to hand you some stuff that you you didn't even know it was possible like that in that way. But God is about to bless you. And you got to learn to put yourself up under spiritual leadership enough that if you have a question about what it is, somebody in your life can step up and say, that is the thing. And God said, I'm about to bless you in a new season with a new meal. And here's the deal. He said, you are going to have to eat it a certain way. Yep. Because I, don't come, I didn't come this morning to tell you what he gave them. I came to talk to you about how he told them to get it. Because the text is clear. That he had a meal for every man and every woman and every house. And I want to stop right here and say, death to spiritual elitism. Because God doesn't give you more stuff just because you think you're more saved. I'm just going to let it set in your spirit. Because some of the most supposedly mature believers are some of the most nasty people to talk to. They're some of the meanest people you could ever come across. And they use spiritual elitism to freeze you in a season so that they can remain Lord instead of the Lord being the Lord over your life. This text is explicit that no matter if it was a small family or an older family, a seasoned family, or a new family. God had a meal for every man and every woman. And I came to tell somebody, if you're looking for a church that's got a meal for every man and for every woman, the black man and the white man, the Hispanic man and the, come on, Hispanic woman, God has got a meal for the old man and the young man. There is a meal in this room for every man, every woman, whether you've been saved 30 years or whether you just got saved two days ago. There there is a meal in this room for every man and every woman. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? And so God said, I've got a meal for every man, every woman. He said, but here's the deal. And this is what I came for and I'm going to be done. He said, when I feed you, every man, I'm going to feed you. Listen to it. According to your eating. According is a musical term. It means in harmony with. In other words, God said, I have the meal. I will feed you the meal. But you will only get the meal you have an appetite for. If I don't say anything else, I have just said enough to start revival. Because God doesn't, isn't going to waste anything. God is not a God of waste. God is a God who feeds that which is hungry. And so in this room today, every man gets a meal, but you only get the meal that you came hungry to receive. Oh, come on, somebody. I said, you only get the meal you came hungry for. Isn't it crazy that we can be sitting in the same church service with all these people 
and God do a hundred different things for a hundred different people. This person gets healed and this person gets saved and this person gets redeemed and this person gets their depression lifted off and then there are some of us that get nothing. Well, what's the difference? We sat on the same row. Come on, y'all, talk to me. We sat beside each other. We sang the same songs. We lifted the same type of hand. We heard the same message. What was God doing for you that he didn't do for me? And God says, I only gave you what you were hungry for. So what am I trying to tell you in this room? That what you're eating now is only because you were hungry for it when you came. What does church look like if everybody comes hungry? What does family look like if everybody in the family, y'all ain't saying nothing, if everybody in the family is hungry? What does worship look like if everybody shows up to worship hungry? What does the message look like if everybody sits there not just scrolling on Facebook, but they're tuned into the voice of God, hungry for the word? I can tell you what's going to happen. That's when God opens up the windows of heaven and he pours us out a blessing that we don't have room enough to receive and revival comes down. Are there any hungry people in the room? Make some noise for Jesus if you're hungry. Have you ever seen hungry worship? Have you ever seen hungry worship? The kind of worship that'll make you feel uncomfortable. The kind of worship that'll make you say, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Well, here's what you're going to have to do. You either got a judger or you got a joiner. But as for me and my house, I'm not going to sit on the sideline in a move of God. I'm going to join the worshiper and dance until I see breakthrough. In fact, you do know that's why God sits somebody crazy next to you. Because he's trying to challenge your level. He's trying to make sure you don't get so religious you miss out on revival. He will sit somebody beside you that gets on your nerves with their hallelujah and their thank you, Jesus. And what is God trying to do? Oh, I feel this this morning. He's going to try to get you burning again. Oh, how do you get the stick burning? You put another burning flame next to it until it catches it catches on fire. I wish I had about a thousand fiery people to get up on your feet and give God some crazy praise. Praise him till somebody catches on fire. Praise him till somebody steps into revival. Praise ye the Lord until a fire burns. Yeah, I feel something about to break loose. I feel hell getting nervous. I feel devils trying to hit the door. There's some hunger in the atmosphere. Be seated. Let me finish. I feel something in this room. Hey. Hey. I came to start a fight. I came to challenge you to awake out of your slumber and get hungry all over again. So he said, I'm going to feed you according to your eating. From this moment forward, you are accountable. Every service, every small group, 
every serving opportunity. You are to come hungry. No, no, hear me. You don't have to come perfect. You don't have to come with it all together. You can come struggling. You can come scraping your nails to get in, but you have to be hungry. Why? Because they that are hungry and thirsty, the Bible says, shall be filled. Uh, God says, I don't have to have it all together, but if you're hungry, I'll fill you till you get your energy back and your joy back and your peace back. I will feed you. And I started... I'm trying to close. And I started to take a look at this. This idea of him feeding, us eating. And when God sees the hunger, he sends the release. And I realized that this is bigger than Bible. This is business. Because if you study business in the Bible, you'll realize that one of the first business principles was seed time and harvest. Sowing and reaping. But this is the second business principle ever released in Scripture. It is the business principle of supply and demand. The rule of supply and demand says if there is a supply, there has to be a demand or else what has the supply will go out of business. And how many know God's got a good supply? Y'all way too quiet to be this Pentecostal. I said, how many know God's got a good supply? How many know in God's supply there's healing? There's deliverance? There's joy unspeakable? There's peace that passes all? Come on, in, in God's supply there is a chain breaking. In God's supply, God has a good supply. The question is, is there a demand? Close with this. There used to be this place, if you're like over 30, there used to be this place we would go on Friday nights. It was incredible. It was the best place you could go on a Friday. It was a little place called Blockbuster. <laughs> Come on, be kind and rewind. That's right. Blockbuster was an experience. Everybody would get them a pizza and a two-liter and you would go to Blockbuster, and all you would do is walk around. You knew what movie you wanted, and if they didn't have it, you just kept taking laps around the outside till somebody, you stopped by. Did they, did they turn it in yet? Did I'll take a look at it. Come on, you know you did it. About six years ago, I went home to preach, and when I went home, I said, I'm going to drop by the Blockbuster. Tragedy had hit. The blockbuster was shut down and closed, and they were trying to turn it into a restaurant. So the learner that I am decided I was going to check into why did blockbuster close. And I realized this when I did the study. Do you know that right before they shut down, they were making more, and they were making better DVDs than they had ever made in the history of the company. They had the most efficient systems, the best employee benefits, the company was good. Do you know why they went out of business? Not because of what they possessed, but because there was no demand. 
when I saw that, the Spirit of God checked me and said, you can play. He said, Josh, he said, it's the same question heaven is asking. He said, Josh, did I not promise greater works? Did I not promise that in the last days I would pour out my spirit on all flesh? Did I not say that I would release the supply? I said, God, then why aren't we seeing it? He said, Josh, my heart is grieved because there is not a demand in the earth for it. We have to explain miracles to a generation because they've never seen them. We have to talk about days gone by and the revivals of yesterday because a new generation doesn't know what a revival really is. I can remember the old church. And I know we're in 2022, about to be in 2023, but hear me. I can remember the old church. We, I know we laugh at what they wore and what they sang. But they had power. I can remember jumping in the car with my grandfather who was with the Lord. And he would say, son, we're going, you're going to sit right here. We're going to prayer meeting. No, no, not just church. They went to prayer meeting. And it wasn't even a thought to miss it. They, went, they understood the power of corporate prayer. And I can remember him looking at me and saying, you're not going to understand everything you see. But just because you don't understand it doesn't mean you don't watch. I want you to watch. And I would watch as my grandparents laid on the floor with hundreds of others in the church. And they prayed till midnight. Why? Because they were desperate for an answer and desperate for a move of God. I remember... They would bring people down in wheelchairs in my church. And I can remember the power of God being so thick that by the end of the service, that wheelchair would be put over in the corner, empty because the power of God fell on the hungry people in miracle signs. And what I remember, I remember when every gift of the Spirit was in operation. That were tongues and interpretation, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. And they happened not just once in a while, but they happened nearly every week. Why? Because there was a hungry people that had to hear from God and wanted to see Him move. I remember, I remember the possessed and the oppressed being brought squirming and screaming. And they didn't have a bunch of superstar celebrity pastors. They had some prayed up church grandmamas who would grab that demon-possessed person and lay their hands and say, in the name of Jesus, be free. And the power of God would sweep and they would be liberated. I remember. Is it possible that God has more prepared than we are hungry to receive. I was in Africa, country Uganda, I'm done, you can stand. But when you go to Africa and preach, you don't preach for 35, 40 minutes. 
They don't put a clock on you. You know why? Because those pastors walk all night long. No, no, they don't ride. They don't Uber. They don't fly. They walk all night long to the meeting. And for you to give them 40 minutes would be an insult to their Christianity. And I was over there preaching. And I was over there. place just like this. The power of God was moving. I was hearing shouts over there with people getting up out of wheelchairs and blinded eyes. The power of God. And I did what us American preachers do. I said, I'm getting ready to close. And a man stood up right where the camera would be. And he said, hey. And he pointed at me. He said, you're not finished yet. Because we're still hungry. And so I set my Bible down. And I preached another hour up under the anointing. But when I got done, I heard the Holy Ghost say he's right. Because God is standing in heaven. He is looking at his people. And he is looking for a generation that will look up to heaven and say, You're not done yet. Because we're still hungry. And if you're hungry in the room, somebody give God a shout of praise. Come on, don't stop. Don't stop for the next 60 seconds. For the next 60 seconds, open your mouth. Only the hungry people, only the people who are desperate, get hungry, get hungry, get hungry. I know Bishop Jake says get ready, but I hear the Lord saying, get hungry, get hungry, get hungry. Get hungry, get hungry. Get hungry for miracles. Get hungry for signs and wonders. This is the season. feel the Spirit of God moving. I feel the Spirit of the Lord in this place. I feel the anointing in this room. Yeah, let it just bubble out for a second. I'm not in a hurry right now. I feel it hit the room and hit the room and hit the room. Yeah, where are my desperate people? Where are my hungry people? Where are my people that say, God, there has to be more. God, there has to be more. God, I've seen great things, but there has to be more. Yeah, yeah, don't stop, don't stop. Don't you dare stop. This ain't, this ain't for the weak. This ain't for the apathetic. This is for the hungry. I came to stir you. I came to tell you the only thing holding you back from more is your appetite for it. If you're hungry for God. Come on, I'm going to give you 30 more seconds. Do whatever you got to do. If you got to get to this altar, get to this altar. But the Spirit of God is in this room. There, the Spirit of the Lord is here. He's looking for the hungry. He's looking for the desperate. He's looking for the hungry. He's looking for the desperate. He's looking for the people who say, God, 
I won't go another day. I'm not going to go another week without your glory. God, pour out your spirit. You can keep coming. I'm going to give you 15 more seconds if you've got to get down here. Get down here and get desperate. Get down here and open up your mouth with hunger. God, we want you. I don't want church as normal. I don't want another service as normal. Show us your glory. Show us your power. Show us, show us, show us. Now look up here if you can, because God's about to move. Hear me? If you want to know what business the enemy's in these days, he is in the appetite suppressant business. He is trying to suppress your appetite for the things of God by getting you offended and getting you busy and getting you preoccupied with all the stuff that doesn't matter. And I close. Man, y'all, there's an anointing in this room. We're hungry, Lord! We're desperate for you! I was in, I was in an airport during a layover. Come on, let me, let me just get through this and God's about to, he's about to move. I was in an airport, Pastor John. I was in a layover and there was a mama with a baby and the baby started crying and it kept getting louder and louder and louder. And finally, everybody at the gate was kind of looking at this mama. Like, are you going to help your baby or what? And we all thought something was wrong. And finally, I guess the mom could sense that everybody was staring at her. And she stood up and looked at all of us and said, why are you worried? She's just hungry. I remember a prayer that said, give us this day our daily bread. I already told you the one, but blessed are those that hunger and thirst, for they shall be filled. Here's what I learned. A closed mouth never gets any food. So God is about to ignite a fresh hunger. But just know if you're hungry, You've got to learn how to open up your mouth. If you've got to shout, shout. If you've got to pray, pray. If you've got to worship, worship. But I want the last 60 seconds of every person in this room from the back to the front. If you're hungry for a move of God, lift up your voice, open up your mouth, and somebody shout unto God with a voice triumph all my hungry people let God know you're desperate are you hungry
you're desperate. Come on, lift your hands. Prayer team, are you ready? I want you to lay hands on as many people as you can. Are you ready? Father, in the name of Jesus, release fire. Go ahead, pray for them. Lay your hands on them. Come on with your hands lifted. There is an appetite for more. Pray in the Spirit. Where are my hungry people at? Contend for a city. Contend for a move of God. A fresh hunger. A fresh desperation. Sabrina French, are they in here? Where are they at? Come here. Hurry, hurry, the anointing. I know this is Sunday morning. Y'all still hungry? Hurry. Hurry. You in the next season are going to a place that God has called you nation of Scotland, a dry place and a religious place. But while I was preaching, I heard the Lord say, he's not just bringing you to Scotland. He is bringing his hunger and desire for Scotland through you and in you. God said, that what you are feeling for the nation is what he has felt for the nation. God said, I didn't send you over there to bring them church. I didn't send you over there to bring them systems. I have sent you over there to bring them fire, power, and a hunger. So today, God establishes in you a new appetite for a nation and for heaven. And God says, when you plant your feet, it will be as if heaven is touching earth. As I lay my hands on you, come on, help me. The fire of the Holy Ghost. 
Spiritual gifts are falling in your hands. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, the gift of tongues and interpretation. Oh, I feel the glory of the Lord. As it comes on you, you will never be the same. God is transforming you, not by might or by power, but by His Spirit. There is a release. And it's not just going to Him. There is a boldness and a fire coming on you. They will not know what hit them. You are going to show them prayer and it's going to burn. To be around you in Scotland is going to be in a place where they catch on fire. So Father, I pray not only in Tucker, but I pray double in Sabrina. Come on, lift your hands. Here it is. I want, I want no music for this. God is looking for a people who have an appetite for more. These days will demand it of us. So I, with no music and nothing there to hype the atmosphere, the Lord told me to close this time out with 60 seconds of raw hunger. So all across this room, with your hands lifted and your voices raised, God says, show me. Show me your appetite for revival. Show me your appetite for your sons and daughters. Show me your appetite for signs, wonders, and miracles. All across this room, take 60 seconds and open up your mouth and eat. Eat. Eat, says the Lord. Eat. God says spiritual gifts are falling. Spiritual gifts are falling. The anointing is falling. He is responding to your appetite. Remember, He was going to feed you according to your eating. You will get the meal you're hungry for. You have 30 seconds. God, nothing less than revival, nothing less than our sons and daughters knowing nothing less. Come on, I'll take 30 seconds and pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Something's breaking. Something's breaking. It's breaking. It's breaking. It's breaking. It's breaking. Yes, 
desperate. This is your meal. This is your meal. I pray it on every campus. I pray it in Calvary Palm Coast. I pray it at Calvary New Smyrna. I pray it in Panama City. I pray it in Orlando. Let there be a hunger. Let there be an appetite for more. What do you need God to do? What do you need God to do? Open your mouth and tell him. We're in that atmosphere. We're in the miracle zone. We're in miracle territory. What do you need him to do for you? Come on, now reach over and put your hand on somebody's shoulder. We're going to take it to the next level. Come on, lay your hand on somebody's shoulder. Come on, begin to pray revival in them. Uh, revival in them, a hunger in them. Come on, if one can put a thousand, two can put ten thousand. God, make us desperate uh, together. Father, we won't settle. We will not settle. We can't settle, Lord. Come on, don't stop praying for him. I know we've gone a little over time, but this is revival territory. There are breakthroughs happening all across this room, not by the hand of the preacher, but by your hands. Sickness is leaving. Depression is leaving now. Anxiety is leaving. You were made for this, says the Lord. You were made for this. I hear the Lord saying, I could have had you in the earth at any other point in time, but I have chosen you for this hour. This is your assignment. This is your mandate, says the Lord. Pursuers of revival. Breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. Father, I pray the same anointing that's in this ministry right now. Father, I pray let it fall on our kids right now. Let it fall on our children right now. Let it fall on our little ones right now. I pray, Lord, this same fire that's in this room, Lord, let it be in the nursery right now. Let it be in the nursery. Let it be over our three-year-olds and our four-year-olds. Let the fire of God fall, Lord, on our elementary students. In the name of Jesus. Y'all waiting on me, but I hear the Lord say, eat. Y'all waiting on me, but I hear God say, eat. 
There is food on the table, says the Lord. There is food on the table. You waiting on me to tell you what to do next. It's easy. Eat. Eat. Some of you have been so dry for so long. It's been years since you felt this kind of anointing and this kind of power. Eat, God says, eat. I'm showing you with your appetite, there's more. There's more. I declare to every person watching me online that the same fire of the Holy Ghost that's in this room is in your car. It's in your living room. Father, I pray right now, Lord, let this hunger, let this hunger spread. Father, Lord, I pray let this hunger walk into our jobs tomorrow. Let it walk into lunch with us. Let it walk, let it walk with us. Uh, let this hunger, Lord, I pray, Lord, souls are going to get saved this afternoon. Uh, Father, because of this hunger, this appetite, there's going to be some miracles this afternoon. Oh, God, you're not going to wait. You're going to do it. 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 Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Yeah, respond to it. Respond. 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 Shoo. They'll respond, not to me, to him. Respond. We are in miracle territory. I don't even know why I feel led to say this, but there's somebody who's not been able to get pregnant. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. You've been struggling to have a child. God has heard you. He's about to respond. I'm going to obey the Lord, and then we're going to close. You can't really even close this. This is revival, y'all. I said, this is revival, y'all. This is what some of us have been praying for and seeking God for. This is revival. I'm going to obey the Lord in two areas. Number one, if you need healing in your body under this anointing, you need healing in your body, just slip up your hand. You need God to heal your body. Mm -hmm. Yep. Thank you, Lord. I want you to lay your hand on where you need healing. Right now, lay your hand on it. Father, I don't even have to pray a violent prayer. Lord, where there's hunger, you respond. So, Father, I pray let your healing presence sweep this room. I see it over here in the corner. Father, I pray, Lord, let it sweep every section right now. Pain is leaving you. Pain is leaving you in joints. God is healing you of migraines. Physical issues in the heart are disappearing. I feel the anointing. Oh, blood pressure is coming down. 
blood pressure is coming down. Stress and worry are leaving in the name of Jesus. Healing power is flowing. Come on, just receive it. You're hungry, receive it. Healing is the children's bread. Eat. Eat, eat, eat. I'm going to give this another few seconds. I feel like God is just healing people one after another. You're going to go home and you're going to say, wait a second. Something's different. Something's different. Something's different. He's healing you. Something in the thyroid God is touching right now. In the thyroid. <sighs> I feel the wind of God blowing on people this morning. <sighs> he has seen your hunger. He is responding. <sighs> Come on, 10 more seconds. I just feel like he's healing somebody. Can we just honor the presence of the Lord and slip up our hands one more time? <sighs> did, did God just heal you of this? Did God, did, did God just heal you? Come here, come here. So, so what was wrong? I'm an artist and the enemy's been attacking my body and my left arm has been in pain for weeks. I've been wearing all kinds of braces and stuff and it wouldn't heal. I said, I'm coming to church today standing in the need of prayer and, and I can still feel this is regrowing. This changed. Come on, somebody give God some praise. Never again. Father, that what you have started you finish now. You finish now. You finish now. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What can you do? The glory of God's heavy up here, isn't it? There's an anointing. Amen. Somebody help her down. God bless you. Look, if God heals you, when God heals you, you need to jump on and let us know. Because I'm telling you, I know it. I know it. I'm not one of these preachers that likes to just peruse the atmosphere. God is healing people. Last thing I'm doing, and then Pastor Anderson, we're going to close this thing. What a day. I feel him, y'all. It's like a blanket. I would be amiss in this room today if I didn't give somebody a chance to respond to this Jesus. Maybe you're far from God today. And you were wondering, is he real? Does he care? And I believe everything you just saw is a testimony that he loves you, that he gave his life for you. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, you're in this room today and you're far from God. My friend, the gospel is good news. He died just for you. He wants to save your soul, give you life abundantly and life eternally. I feel the Lord, y'all. If you're in this room and you're far from God and you know you've got to make it right, that if you were, if today you died, you weren't, you weren't going to make it, you know it. Pastor, I would not make it to heaven. Jesus is not my Lord. I need to make it right today. I'm not been living for him. If I'm talking to you on the count of three, just slip up a hand. One, two, three. If I'm talking to you, praise the Lord. 
I want every person to take one hand and put it on their heart in this glory and in this anointing. And I want us to pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus, today, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you died for me. And today, I ask you to come live on the inside of me. Change me from the inside out by your spirit. I repent and I say I'm sorry for my sins. Forgive me and I'll live for you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. What a morning. Are you happy you came to church? Listen, I'm going to let you go. Our prayer team is going to be here. If you have anything you need prayed for, but hear me. Apostle loves you. Pastor Don loves you. Our staff loves you. But you are standing on the threshold of next and more. And God is waiting on your appetite. Your appetite is for here, and your appetite is for out there. Are you hungry for more? Let me pray over you and bless you. Father, thank you for your glory. Thank you for responding to our hunger. I pray now in the name of Jesus that we would leave hungry. Ready? To see you do it again and see you do it greater. Bless your people as they go forth in this day. Keep them and protect them in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody who believes it, say amen. Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060 or you can visit calvaryfl.com slash give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. You can also stay connected by following us on social media at Calvary FL and by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, thank you for joining us.